When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blue Talks. Thank you for getting through my long-winded list. It's actually nice because I end up saying it, but I sort of have to break it apart because I find it long as well. Uh, so nowadays, I'd, I go by Shamanic Oracle or Deep Transformation Guide. And I find it really interesting that earlier today, um, being here at Blue Talks in Cambridge, I was able to pick up a lot of things from the different talks that are gonna relate to what I'm talking about today. So I'm really excited for that interconnectivity that's already here. I already feel very connected. People who have spoken before and after, I'm sure, will also still connect. And even more interesting, we had Lisa, um, who was bringing through some people from the other side doing mediumship earlier. And she brought through my grandmother. And my grandmother uh, was actually born in England. <laughs> and so it's not surprising that now being here in Cambridge, she would appear. And she was the one, not knowingly, who approved of me doing psychic work but we didn't really know each other in this waking life. So we're getting to know each other now. I'm really glad to have her support here. So let me tell you a bit about dreams uh, first. Dreams that I had when I was younger, I'm sure you're gonna know the feeling, sometimes would be recurring. They would kind of keep coming back and coming back, asking for my attention. And I would get a little nervous when I started seeing that they would come true in real life <laughs> because I thought, well, that doesn't make any sense based on what I am told uh, the world is supposed to work like. And so I asked the most logical person I knew in my life, my father, who is this grandmother's son, um, I asked him, Dad, um, would it make any sense if I was having dreams, so I was about five or six years old, okay? I'm having these dreams and then I'm seeing things come true uh, in real life, like the next day. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 your grandmother had that. <laughs> so I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> and I didn't really know my grandmother, but we did always feel kind of connected by this bond. I thought, well, that's totally normal. Um, so I'm actually not one of these people who was plagued by this fear of spirituality, but I too grew up in this world of favoring logic over intuition. And so I did fight it still. Um, but it's interesting, my grandmother really did approve even back then. And a couple years after, you know, I, I found out, okay, psychic dreams, that's fine, totally normal. Um, <laughs> I didn't talk about it much, but I'd had this recurring dream that these movers were moving me uh, from this bed, and I was in this like funky floral bed, which isn't totally how my mom would design anything. And I thought that was so weird. My dad was ordering them around. It was these construction guys, and it was very scary, and it came back, frequently came back, and was really upsetting to my little child heart. And probably this was happening, I don't know, maybe six months or a year or so before my family told me that because of my dad's job, we were moving and we were going to be building a new home. 
And wouldn't you know it, we go into the model home and it's this funky floral bedspread. And so I realized, oh my gosh, everything kind of you know, downloaded and compressed. There is more to this psychic dream stuff. So, you know, flash forward years later now, I have done more now than 3,500. I've done many thousands of psychic readings uh, and trusted this skill, which seems to not make sense if you're thinking only with your logic brain. And I've also studied a whole bunch of other things uh, that I will go into sort of as we talk that have all led me to the same point, the same sort of spiral down point of receptive brain states. So to explain that, just so you know, we're all on the same page and you get me, I get you. Receptive brain states connect us to our subconscious mind, our subconscious being what's not known to us. So it brings what's not known to the known, what's subconscious to the conscious awareness. And you know, once you know something, you can't unknow it, right? Once I knew, hey, psychic dreams exist, I can't, can't argue that fact. It's a known experience brought from subconscious up to conscious. And in these, uh, in these receptive states, I feel, uh, I don't think it's too bold of a statement to say, I think that's what holds key to our world having more harmony in it. And I'll, I'll explain why. Um, our ancestors in ancient times would do shamanic journeying. So this is pre-colonization, before we decided on having borders and rules and guidelines on where people are and who fights who. Uh, we did shamanic journeying and it was, um, we you know, would rely on oracles. You can hear old Greek stories about oracles and they were actually favored advisors of some of our authoritarian figures, which is very cool. I like the sounds of that nowadays. And in these ancient times, we would journey and we would dream. So how did humans progress? We would dream. And we dreamed and dreamed a world that then became sort of addicted to this progress. And then because of how we were building, how rapidly, we sort of started to value logic and analysis because we thought, well, it really helps us make sense of things and get things done. So I'm gonna propose we've progressed quite a bit, quite rapidly. I'm gonna propose we add in more of this dreaming and receptive state in order to actually receive and take in all of these things we've built as humans. I think it's so powerful what humans have done and so powerful that really we share this common thread that we've all dreamed. We all dreamed this way into being. Like someone probably dreamed fire before they, you know, put it was like sticks and rocks or, you know, however they did that. <laughs> I feel like that would have taken a long time. I'd love to have been there when that first happened. Um, and so shamanism to me has been this really cool, you know, you have to really suspend your disbelief to allow someone to trust, hey, we're going into this non-ordinary realm. I'm gonna bring back some power animal for you. Uh, I go on like a choose your own adventure sort of journey. And then at the end of that, uh, when I give people these messages or when they journey themselves and they get these messages themselves, I find people have this like remembering. They sort of feel connected to their primal ancestors and how things were. It makes sense to people this shamanic journeying. It's pre-colonization, it's before we all spoke to each other and passed along the same stuff, so it's natural. Just as natural as dreaming, just as natural as states of meditation or taking silence, you know, before we had sounds drowning out our thoughts and <laughs> distracting us. And just as natural as I would say staring at a wall or for our ancestors, staring at a tree. Um, and so we are in this world of chronic overthinking, right? We are in this kind of place where we have super high stress, Anxiety and depression, which is all really like overthought, right? We've thought a whole bunch about the future. We've thought a whole bunch of the past. We've either gotten anxious or depressed because of those things. So they say, oh, get to the present moment. When you're in the present moment, when you're in this relaxed state, you're able to actually receive 
ideas or peace or enlightenment, inspiration, you know, clarity. Um, I, I really like the example actually of Newton because you know he's just sitting by a tree. He'd been staring at the problem, trying to understand how we stick to the earth, <laughs> and then an apple, you know, hits him on the head. Probably because he was in a receptive state. That's my guess. I don't know. I can't ask him yet, but that's my guess. So as I was doing all these different bodywork trainings, I trained in relaxing people. And in the relaxing time, there's actually like a specific spot on the foot that I would touch once someone was in a deeply relaxed state where they would start to have visual images or impressions or things come to mind. And you could see it because you could see their eyes moving back and forth. And I know there's a few hypnotherapists in the crowd today, so you know that that's our rapid eye movement and that is us getting into receptive state. I found that so, so cool that you know, every time I would touch this spot on the foot, I could almost guarantee that someone was gonna tell me, oh, when you did that, I had this image or this thought come to mind. How powerful and how easy, right? Rather than staring right at the problem, rather than trying to analyze, trying to logic out, we could actually relax a bit and then we would also progress further, right? This is our common thread. We dream, we dream, we dream in all different kinds of states. And daydreaming counts too. I actually often tell my clients to go stare at a wall when I think they're overthinking a little bit too much. Just have to actually let that go and be in receptive state for things to connect, for it all to come together. That's why I'm barefoot right now, because <laughs> I don't want high heels getting in the way of me sensing where it is I am in space. So uh, I also think one way that uh, our receptive states can bring us closer to world harmony is by taking in feelings. Right? So I've actually worked with highly sensitive people and empaths as a main part of my career, because I thought, you know, one empowered empath has this really beautiful ripple effect in their communities, because all empaths really, really want to change the world. They really, really want a better world, and they feel it so intensely. They also get in their own way so stubbornly, right? And then they attach to everyone else's feelings, and I could see this, you know, so many people were like, being an empath is a curse. And I totally didn't buy that. I thought, this is such a cool, sensitive gift. You know, I, I'm doing psychic readings. I'm thinking, you know, that's great. It's a whole income source. It's a whole way of helping people. So what's the problem with that? And I realized it's because they're actually lacking this connection to themselves and this self-knowledge um, in order to separate their energy. So because they don't quite land in their own body because they're stressed or anxious or depressed or because they're lacking that ability to really know who they are, they're sort of leeching on accidentally to other people <laughs> and grabbing onto these other experiences and it's causing them to actually be in an activated state instead of a receptive state. So I learned really quickly working with empaths that to relax is key um, and also to be able to take in a compliment. You know, a lot of highly sensitive people and a lot of empathic people have a really hard time taking in a compliment because they don't like things being about them because then you have to process everything and we feel so intensely that it feels like a lot because it is a lot. It's a lot to be human, and it's a lot to feel things. But it's a worthy thing to do, to actually feel and tune your sensitivity. And I do think that that's how we make a, a more healed world, right? If someone gives me a compliment, I take it fully in. My mom used to scold me. I think it's just a generational thing, but she thought, oh, that makes you sound a little overconfident. Ah, it's not gonna hurt people if I feel good about myself, right? And so tell yourself that next time you try pushing away a compliment, it doesn't feel good when you try giving someone a compliment and they go, nope, <laughs> you know, just go, oh, okay, I don't wanna do that again. And so try taking in feelings, try taking in compliments. When you take them in, you're not then in this force of resistance trying to push things out and feeling so activated, you can receive whatever the message might be. And you would have that, you know, if you're thinking of an idea 
and then you're really staring right at the problem. It's the same way, it's, it works just the same as feelings, uh, which is actually a really good segue that I hadn't planned. But <laughs> um, if you think about in cognitive behavioral therapy, we have thoughts, we have feelings, and we have actions or behaviors, and they say how linked they are. They're a triangle, one affects the other, which affects the other, and so on into infinity. It's my belief that at the bottom of this prism, we have thoughts, feelings, behaviors. At the bottom of that, we have our beliefs and our perceptions, and perhaps also our reactions, right, before they bubble up to the surface. And so, in order to heal those aspects of ourselves, you need to be in a receptive state. People who meditate and realize, oh, but gosh, I've been getting angry, and there's no sense in me holding on to this anger, right? It's because they've been quiet and receptive for long enough to actually say, this is not relevant. Right? People who do hypnosis, this is one of the things that I love doing with clients. You get down to the core of what they're struggling with, and then they realize they bring what was unknown, what was subconscious up to the known, into the conscious awareness, into their mind, and they realize, wow, that's been shaping a lot of my life. Right? I've carried this same thing throughout my whole life and not really thought that that was affecting me. But you can't know what you don't know in your subconscious, right? And then once you know it, you can't unknow it. So our best thing to do would be to spend more time in these receptive states because it allows us to do these deeper levels of healing. So I do think that it would reduce conflict if we were in more receptive states as a society, right? Because you see someone who's really activated, really stressed. You know, I do this a lot. I think it's maybe a bit more open to be receptive. So <laughs> this is maybe directive, a very good human force. We still need this, right? We still need this directive doing progression type energy. But when you see someone who is in that energy, maybe at a coffee shop or something, and then they react, they yell at the, at the host of the coffee shop. And then after they get their coffee, they decide that that helps them relax. Right? And then suddenly they're in this really good mood. I see this a lot in Canada because I used to work at Tim Hortons when I was a kid. <laughs> so you see people walk in and they don't want anything to do with you. And then the perception to them is that coffee makes their day better. And so then they relax because they go, okay, now that I have my coffee, a little bit more is right in my world and they're all pleasant as they leave. Uh, so you just know don't talk to people before <laughs> they've actually gotten their coffee. Um, but really imagine that on a much wider spread, right? And if you can actually take in someone's feelings and Instead of putting all your own feelings out there, again, kind of the disempowered empath thing is all my feelings are sort of out here and it's very overwhelming. If you can feel your feelings and receive them, like that's what we pay people to do, right? Is to take in our feelings if we're going to a therapist or a counselor or a coach. Because it feels comforting to have someone receive us. And so this is how we breed connection and how we build our communities in a much stronger way. Uh, and really, a lot of things, like, I'm kind of painting this a little bit easily. A lot of things can distract us from being in receptive quality. I understand that. But it's also just as easy as starting to do more, right? So I'll remind you of some ways that we can get into receptive mode. So there's meditation. There's silence. There's hypnosis. There's shamanic journeying. And, you know, similar to hypnosis, hypnosis I was talking about, we get down to the root of where you created that problem in your psyche. So where in the subconscious you, at one point when you're five years old, you know, my father tells me, hey, psychic dreams, totally fine. If someone else had said, hey, psychic dreams, that's totally weird, you should never tell anyone that that's your experience. You know, my life would have been totally shaped. 
I might not have thought anything of it. I just would have built a belief and a perception on something you know, from a very, very, and we know this, right? We know that our experiences come from our child roots and from things we've received that maybe we don't even really know what the loop was. I've been so amazed uh, with helping others through their own uh, hypnosis-based healing, but also through my own. It's really mind-blowing, like, you know, mind-expanding, I suppose, to get down to these roots and to understand how your child brain would have created a logical belief system and perception. And what's so cool is that shamanism actually does a lot of the same stuff. So shamanism was a lot harder for me logically to grab onto because like we're going to go to some upper realm and these upper beings are going to talk to me and then I'm going to go find an animal. Um, okay, you know, I'm like a business kid and I was like raised in a gifted class. So I thought, you know, logic is king, logic is king. And I don't know who the queen is yet. And so doing shamanic journeying, I really had to sort of suspend my disbelief. I had this feeling of remembering, like I was explaining earlier. I had this like, I was really excited by the power that it gave me, but I did not quite understand it. And what I've gotten to now is understanding that it allows you a way to separate yourself from looking directly at the problem and receive an interpretive or creative understanding of what is affecting you. And it also ties us to our primal ancestors. So just the same, you know, we hear a drum beat. This is how I get into trance-like state. Um, and so as, as I'm getting into this trance-like state, I'm listening to this drum beat, and it reminds me of being in the womb and my mother's heartbeat. It's this thing that we all share. We all share this connection that as we hear this rhythmic beat, so you can do this as well. Here's another way to get into receptive state. You just listen to a rhythmic drum beat. Uh, and that's, I guess, maybe why electronic music is popular, <laughs> because I guess everyone sort of gets into this flow-like state and this trance-like state by listening to this repetition. And that beating of the drum, again, very primally connected, um, connected to our ancestors, but also connected um, to our mothers and this sense of comfort. It's amazing what people find uh, in shamanic journeying that perhaps they couldn't have found through another avenue. So when I work with people, I use pretty much anything that comes up. Whatever way I can get in to receptive state with someone, the better. The more frequently you can practice it, the better. And I know I was like talking about, okay, this is going to heal the world. And now I'm kind of fixating on you and what you need to do in order to get into receptive state more powerfully. But really, you don't have control over anyone else and what they do. And so the best thing you can give the world is to spend more time in receptive states yourself so that you can be this ripple out, so that you can be you know, the rock in the pond that affects everyone around you. And the more you clear and the more you understand, the more other people will feel that because we can understand someone who feels grounded or who feels loving or open. We feel it because those are the people we actually talk to if we're out on the street. <laughs> you know, you don't ask someone who's looking like this and stressed where you need to go for directions. You look at the person who's maybe taking their time or who smiles at you because you're looking at them and they don't really know why they're doing it. That's who you choose to trust and that's who you choose to talk to and that's how we connect and that's how we eventually heal our whole world. So it's a big thing to do, but you only have one job, which is to focus on yourself <laughs> and focus on yourself being in a receptive state for your own good, but also, you know, the good of humanity. If you need a little bit of that extra, you know, external pressure, 
humanity would really appreciate it if you could spend more time receiving ideas and inspiration and then acting on that. We're not done progressing. We're not done dreaming. We do it every night, whether we remember it or not. And we do it when we stare at a wall. So it does not need to be complicated. I'm not trying to gatekeep any information. I just think this is the easiest thing ever for us to do. We just forget to do it because we've valued so much the logic for so many years. So hypnosis and shamanic journeying and meditation and actually relaxing your body. I actually like taught someone how to breathe the other day. I don't think she breathed from her belly maybe for 60 years. <laughs> She's 61, so <laughs> I just kind of had this feeling, you know, there's nothing we can do here until you start from the breath. So wherever you're starting from is totally fine, but it's important that you spend way more time in this state in order to have your brain want to return to it because we tend to want to return to what's comfortable, and it might be uncomfortable when you first start, but you'll find more and more comes through the more time you spend in this receptive and open mode. Uh, so that's how we heal the world in a nutshell. <laughs> Hopefully I've proved to you a little bit of the uh, logical side of why it's important to receive and to intuit. Uh, it's increasing our connection to feminine energy, and I think we've known that the masculine way of our world has been you know, driving us forward uh, a, little, a little too fast. So in order to balance this out, let's spend more time in receiving mode. And if you wanna contact me about any of this work to do some deep transformation, that kind of healing that lasts and lasts a lifetime, there's no way to unknow what you find out in sessions with me. You can find me at the Hearts Frontier where we explore our hearts and what's beyond them. And on Instagram, I'm Shamanic Oracle Kate. Thank you so much for having me here at Cambridge. It's been a pleasure. And enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Thanks so much. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.